Let's hear from the coach. This is Behind the Beard with Bobby Smirniotis, Forge FC head coach and sporting director. Now, the woman who takes us there, here's Mackenzie Barwell on the Forge Audio Network. <laughs> Week 15 of Behind the Beard. You're just cleaning out your kids' stuff. They were at practice today. Let's talk about that. Yeah, summer's... Uh still here schools aren't uh, back in so once in a while they like to make their uh, their appearance i thought they were in greece no yes they were they're oh, okay back. They're when back. last week nice yes. nice they definitely play soccer i saw them oh yeah they uh, they keep busy that's uh, that's for sure uh, their mother spends a lot of time on the road taking them to mm, the trainings as, okay. uh, as we're working on uh, becker's free kicks <laughs> honestly wasn't sure I, at first i was like okay they look like kids i don't know who they are but then i thought by the looks of one of them shooting, I was like, is this someone from Sigma? Like, actually, I thought they were a call-up or something. How, how old are they again? 12 and 9. Okay, very nice. They're getting there. They're getting there. Um, okay, one other thing that I wanted to ask you about regarding practice. Yesterday, you were playing, and I wanted to bring it up because I remember at the coach's clinic, one, one of the coaches pointed out to me something that he really respected about you was how immersed you are into training. So, with that said, why do you feel it's so important to you know, be a part of the team in that in that regard. Well, I'm immersed in training. I think through my energy and the the way I talk with the players. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of times uh, do I get involved in training. Fair enough. Um, I guess yesterday was one of those special uh, rare days on a on a match day plus two where there's half recovery, half work, and the the numbers were off. So I decided to give uh, Eddie his day off <laughs> uh, from being involved and uh, got myself uh, moving there. It was a good day overall, though. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask how often you do it, so it's kind of hard to come by. You know what? You do it once every so often to yeah. make sure the performance is top, <laughs> so that make sure you don't have a down day. You leave off on a high, the players feel good. They're like, coach can still play a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you do it every day, you may expose yourself. So. Right, right. So it's <laughs> Keep it limited. Strategically, you have to keep it yes. limited. I heard that you used to like show off a bicycle kick every once in a while. Is that true? Who has told you this story? No comment. No comment, but can you please elaborate on that? I cannot reveal my source. Malcolm Duncan. <laughs> Noah Jensen. Tristan Henry. You used to bicycle kick at practice? Yes. What? That's crazy. I didn't see one yesterday. No, you're not going to see that uh, at this point. This was uh, years ago. Okay. Well, good to know that it, ha- yeah. it did happen at yes. one point. Yes, I liked my uh, acrobatics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say now that I've been watching practice over the past couple months, I feel like I'm pretty accustomed to the the structure of it, right? Because, you know, there's the activation, passing and finishing, gameplay, all that stuff. But something that I was curious to ask you was how you make the necessary adjustments based on prior matchups, but also future games, because I figure it's probably a difficult task kind of simultaneously accommodating both things, you know? Yeah, so when you look at how you plan training, there's uh, obviously the tactical components that you have to look at, uh, the technical side of things, and then the, the physical. So you need to find a way to marry all those uh, together. So, yeah. you know, based on where we are in the week, how many days we have between games and, and so on and so forth, it's, uh, you know, we find the right balance. You know, we'll always go with uh, match day minus four, and, you know, we've got four different things we'll work on. Um, so based on the previous game, if we need to bring up something from there or it has to do with a future game, we'll go with one of those four or five topics, uh, pressing, counter-pressing, uh, yeah. counter-possession, uh, different things like that, match day minus three, same idea. So it's very structured in the, in what we're doing in those days. It sticks to our match principles uh, all the time. 
Um, so it's not so much a we're playing this team, we have to change our whole way of doing things. Okay. Uh, yeah. But it's more of what we need to refine, what mm -hmm. didn't maybe go well, uh, what can be improved, but yeah, what's also going well and you know, within we your own yeah we need yeah. to make sure that uh, that we keep on doing that uh, because as coaches it's easy to say oh this didn't go well and, and last game let's work on that but you always have to reinforce the positive yeah. too because there's yeah. i think a lot usually a lot more positive in what we're doing than negative so you need to keep on that track as well can we talk about the the match day minus plus system for those of you who don't know and i might be doing this for myself but yes. can what does this mean yeah so we played on saturday um, that's your obviously your match day. The day after is match day plus one. Traditionally for us, it's a recovery day in a, in a full uh, week of training. Uh, match day two would have been uh, Monday. Monday when we come in and, you know, when you have a full recovery the day after, it allows you to do a little bit more work on the match yep. day plus two. Yeah. Um, you know, in the past, we've also done recovery the day after a game, match day plus one and given a day off match A plus two, but you have less time uh, less time to work, less time to work on individual uh, things. So you switch so, it back? Yes, okay, so we gotcha. go we go re recovery day the day after the game. Um, if any players need to be in for any type of actual uh, therapy or anything in there, they're in, otherwise full day off. Match day plus two usually is a day of a lot of individual work. So a lot of positional work, different things that players just need individually. Match day plus four, uh, minus four. So we go from match day plus two <laughs> to match day minus four. So right, there's the right. switch. Okay, okay, okay. All right, you with me? I, yes, I know. I didn't want you to bring up the yes. quick math thing yes. again. So A lot of small-sided uh, uh, work. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, transitional type of play. Cool. Where we're working on both yeah. sides of the ball. And we'll usually do a little bit more of a, of a lift, lower body. But most of it is done on the field through the exercises and the circuits uh, that we do. Match day minus three is uh, your biggest day of, uh, of the week where you're working on a lot of 11 v 11. You know, so you have a lot of endurance work physically. Match day minus two is your speed day. So everything's done at match tempo. Match day minus one, you know, that's uh, your precision day, as I call it. Right, so that's day you're before. That's your, your <clears throat> tactics, getting your last uh, minute preparations ready to go. And that way in the week, you've never worked on also on uh, the same energy system twice. Um, so it's one theory of uh, of doing things, and that's how we do it. Cool. Okay, well, I, I want to go... Do you remember all of that? Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Just Plus make sure two. you watch this back. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I'll have to like go back and edit and take notes. Um, but for some of the coaches that did come to the coaches' clinic, we talked about this a little bit um, at the open practice as well. What do you think exactly that it can provide um, new coaches? Because I could see the wheels turning when we had talked about this, uh, even at the open practice. Yeah, I think sometimes the biggest thing is just seeing the insight of what a day looks like in a, in a professional club. And, you know, uh, each club coaches are a little bit different, but uh, a lot of coaches also follow a similar path. You know, when you look at methodology, there's maybe two, three common ones out there, and then it's, it's how you put your spin on it, each and every coach. But I think for coaches working at the youth level or different levels who don't get the chance um, to work with the same players every day and all this. It's it's a way to see uh, football and soccer and mm -hmm. it's a uh, utopia because mm -hmm. uh, that's what we, we have here. You know, every day we show up to training and we know we have 22 to 24 players barring an injury or, or something wrong with a player. You know, at, at the youth level, you don't know if you're going to have uh, 20, 16, 14, if a car broke down, right, somebody's parents right, are right, home right. from work. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's the beauty of working at the professional game. It's to be honest, it's it's the easiest side to to run training yeah. and plan because everything's standard. They all have to be here. 
You don't need to worry about the carpool falling no, through or anything like exactly. that. Exactly. So they're all, always here. And it gives you an ability as a coach to, to really focus and work on your methodology, work on your principles as best as possible. And I think that's a great insight um, for coaches uh, to see, you know, what goes into a day. You know, it's not a matter of uh, showing up here at uh, 9.30, getting on the field at 10, done at 11.30 and gone by 12. You know, we're, we're in here as a, as a staff, um, 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, and we're on a good day. We're out of here uh, at 2 o'clock uh, in the afternoon, and we usually still have some things that we have to take care of mm-hmm. when we leave the office. Unless I keep you for behind the beard. There you go. Then it takes a little longer. Yeah, we're within the clock. Yeah, okay. Um, okay, moving on now. I When I was watching the post-match press conference from Saturday, you briefly touched on how Ottawa's looking, and you mentioned that within the last seven or eight games that they've played, they're kind of coming back into the same form from their original 2019 game, or I think from last year. Last year. Last year, you had said, my bad. Okay, it's interesting because they don't need to have, you know, 80, 90% of the possession to finish. So now knowing that going into this weekend, my question for you is how have you been preparing to kind of keep those opportunities that they do have, you know, few and far between? Yeah, it's always a decision you have to make going into these games. You know, we've had a lot of success playing against Ottawa um, over the years and, and, you know, in the last year, including this year and last year and, and facing them in the, in the difficult uh, way that they, they set up and, and they play. And there's always two decisions you have to make as a coach. You can, you can continue on the same path, which is try and be very good on the ball and be the aggressor and so on, knowing that that's something that they enjoy and that they want to counter with, or you can flip the script and give a team the ball and say, you play. Um, so that's always something that's open and it's something we've we've used in, in the past with teams in, in that style. Uh, we'll have to wait to Saturday to figure out which one, uh, which one we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll use. Um, but that's that's the beauty of the game. And I say, if, if you want to win, you have to be very good at one or very good at the other. Um, so although it's not my favorite style of football, um, when, you know, a team like uh, Ottawa has used in, in the past, it's very effective. And that's uh, also a measure of a coach getting something very mm-hmm. well from the team. Because to win and to, to be a champion, I think you have to be either fully one way in the way you defend or fully one way in the way you attack. The in-between is uh, is a lot of random football. And what we've seen in our league this year is a lot of random football. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just don't know how you adapt to that because it's so different. Well, it's different if you, if you haven't faced it. We face it a lot. Right, right. Okay. In all of our games. Okay, my bad. <laughs> so you're... They, they just do it very well. Right. Hmm. Okay, so I see what you mean by you can't really be in between. You have to be committed to one side or the well, other. Well, at least for me, you know, a successful club. We've yeah. been a successful club over these years playing an attacking brand of, of football. Mm-hmm. You know, But with that, uh, you know, over the last three years, we've had the best defensive record in the league playing an attacking brand of football. Um, so you can defend by being very efficient in the way you do things in the, in the opponent's uh, half. So sometimes defending, the best way to defend is to defend, and sometimes the best way to defend is attack. And you choose, that you have to make sure you have full buy-in from your players. Yeah, you're right. they're both very difficult to do. I remember you saying that even in some of these games where you feel like you aren't at your best, you're still coming away with some of, I think G actually has the most clean sheets in the league right now. You know, you can see yes. it. Anyways, um, this weekend you actually get to go away. So what does a what does a um, away trip look like for you guys? Walk us through. Yeah, a lot of nothing. <laughs> a lot of uh, spare time. You're not do, visiting like the parliament buildings do, or anything? No. Like that. <laughs> seen that ah you know what it's pretty close to our hotel so sometimes we'll go Maybe. for a walk yeah. depends on what time um we get there the uh, the day before the game just because you know we'll 
review what we have to review. And if we feel like some fresh air, it's like three, four blocks away. So we'll spin around the little downtown area in, in Ottawa. But uh, the day of the game, it's uh, it's a lot of nothing. I heard, I heard a funny story <laughs> yesterday about the final last year yeah. in Ottawa. Um, some of the guys were, you know, just having fun on their scooters down <laughs> in downtown Ottawa. And I think Seba and Chris ended up going on a trip that was accidentally a little bit too long and they didn't know where to drop off their scooters. <laughs> Noah told me to ask you about this because that's as far as I know. Yeah. The, you know, <laughs> what's come out of that is uh, we're day before the final and uh, we've oh. got... One guy getting into a team meeting uh, right on time and uh, one guy missing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and from that came uh, Chris Colongo's emergency speed. Uh, Chris Colongo, if you know him, he's, he's not a guy who uh, moves at the quickest of paces. No, no. Right? In everything he does. But uh, on that day, he claimed to have used his emergency speed to get back to the meeting. <laughs> so that stuck with everyone. So we, None of us saw it. You know, because we were in the room waiting, but he did say he used emergency speed to get back. Um, so we're still we waiting to see it uh, in live, real, yeah, yes, live. In, real, in real time. <laughs> so so the two of them are riding their scooters downtown. They don't know where to drop them yes. off. So Seba ends up giving his scooter to Chris. Yes. I think they had a problem. And I don't know how this works, but putting the scooters back into that okay, little parking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And then getting locked or something. So, so I'm Seba, just picturing Seba, Chris like riding both. <laughs> so Seba, being Seba, just left it. And probably said, I'm getting to the meeting on time today. And uh, left his buddy out there on his own. No, yes. I'm going to drive. So Chris just eventually came in like a few yes. minutes late kind of thing? Yes. Right. Emergency well, speed. Emergency speed. Heard it here when first. he got into the room, he was not sweating. So Really? Maybe so. he just rode <laughs> Maybe he just rode the scooter all the way to the meeting. All right, Bobby, that's going to wrap it up there. I'm going to have to follow up with Chris uh, next week maybe on the emergency speed. I think you'll have to. This has been Behind the Beard with Mackenzie Barwell and Bobby Smyrniotis. If you like what you heard, please like, follow, subscribe, comment, and share. Funny thing is, I don't tell. think Coach's beard is real. Do not. <laughs> oh, is this, is this on? Ready? So, That's he, a crazy take. He grew it during COVID. Right? It just appeared. And then, like, we're doing Zoom. One week he had no beard. Next day, full beard. <laughs> it just. There was no like in between. No growth. There was, yeah, there was Do you no, know what? There was no in between. I have not seen a photo I or challenge any... you to find a, like a mid-beard body. <laughs> now that I think about Exponential it. Exponential growth out of nowhere. 100% feels like zero to 100. Yeah, I... literally. Welcome. So there's some questions about the validity of your beard, by the way. Well, what? what do you mean the validity of your beard? <laughs> <laughs>